Okay. So we are recording now. We are recording now. Um, We're listening to our our intro. intro. Song. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the Stir Crazy Podcast. We um, thought we went away, but we are back. We are back. We accidentally recorded. And we're back again. Back for a again. Third time. Um, I can't even remember what I said to start this episode. That many people had podcasts over COVID, and like many people, we stopped. But now we are back. Less politics, more movies, and pop culture related now. Pop culture positivity. Um, yeah, positivity. That's a big thing. Um, Want to keep it positive in this space. That's the goal. Andrew, I can't thank you enough for this intro. We're just happy to be back. We got our headphones on. We got our mics. We're, we're all set and ready to go. Yeah, hopefully hopefully you can hear us talking right now over the intro. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't test that, but we'll see. Um, if not, no biggie. Yeah. There's no rules here. No rules. No rules here. No rules. So, Mom, what's going on in your life? What's going on in my life? What's going on in my life? Had a lovely Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, keeping it positive with work. I'm really excited to step into this next kind of, um, quarter of movies, you know, oh, this yeah, kind a lot of time of, of year, there's so much coming out and, um, we got to see the, the movie fa- we've been waiting for the Fablemans, Steven Spielberg's the Fablemans starring Paul Dano, Michelle Williams. And let me tell you the log line <laughs> and what the main kid's name is. Um, that Ugh, plays we got to know what his name Sammy. is. He's so good. Growing up in post-World War II era Arizona, young Sammy Fableman aspires to become a filmmaker as he reaches adolescence, but soon discovers a shattering family secret and explores how the power of films can help him see the truth. Yeah. Starring that's a long logline. I guess that's a good one, though. Mm-hmm. You know, Gabriel LaBelle, Judd Hirsch, Seth Rogen. Are Gabriel the main... LaBelle was fantastic. I thought he really, yeah. I mean, I, I think he definitely played that like reserved kid thing really well, kind of like lost a little bit, but also yeah. knows what he wants, but also knows what he wants. And it looks like they had a really good family dynamic with the sisters mm-hmm. and the sisters are really good too. Oh, they were so like, for good. Children. It was very natural. Well, he knows how to get like children actors mm-hmm. to like really deliver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So spoil alert. If you haven't seen it, we are going to talk about it. Yes, that's going to be maybe the crux of this episode going forward, the beginning of at least. Um, I'll put timestamps if anyone wants to skip to when we stop talking about this. But, um, but why would you? Yeah, I mean, it's not really a spoiler alert for this man's life. No. But um, so you can read the story and I don't think it would. It's semi-autobiographical destroy. about his first 20 or so odd years on the planet. What became, what wanted, what, what inspired him to become a filmmaker and how his family supported him and questioned him. And then also goes into his parents, um, divorce and how that also shaped, shook his world at that, at that time. Oh yeah. And, um, I watched the Spielberg documentary after this one. Mm, I saw that a few years ago. I need to watch it again. Definitely rewatch it. Cause they show like the little things like, you know, how he like. On HBO max. Mm -hmm. Okay how he would make the gunshots as a kid. Like they showed that in the documentary and how the divorce thing kind of influenced all his films, mm-hmm. like close encounters of third kind. And uh, 
Oh, like yeah. everything basically. E. <laughs> yeah, E.T. It's too. Very always uh his family movies, familial movies. Yeah. Whether they're about E.T. or or space or they there's always kind of a family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, which I really relate to. I really like that part of it. Yeah. I mean, he kind of is um like one of my teachers at school would always say, like this is cheesy, but it's melted cheese. Like if it's good, oh, you know, yeah. and I feel like that's what Spielberg is. Melted it's very cheese. cheesy sometimes, but it always works. It always it's works. It's never too over the top or mm-hmm. too sentimental to the point where it's unbelievable. And I just love that era. You know, oh, I just yeah. love that they, his first movie, they went to this giant movie house in Philadelphia, drove down from New Jersey and went to this movie house in Philadelphia and, you know, packed theaters when, you know, movies, were events. Were events, mm-hmm. like going to see a play. And now yeah. we can just walk down the street and go see them, and hopefully that never ends soon. No, I think, I think there's a big resurgence of theaters now. After, after COVID, I think people realized that they enjoyed it, and movie studios realized that you can't, you can't have unlimited growth off a streaming service. You need to make money in the theater, mm-hmm. too, because like Knives Out 2 is making all this money, and then it's going to Netflix already, when they could have made a lot more if they just put it in theaters for a full two months. Right. They could have. Yeah. There's also, you know, on Prime, like I was looking at Tickets to Paradise because I just wanted something like fun to watch. Yeah. It's in the theaters now, but you can buy it for 20 bucks mm. on Prime. Oh, okay. So yeah. if you don't want to spend an arm and a leg to take you and your four kids to the movies, I understand that too. Yeah. But also get the pass. Get the Regal Pass. Yeah. If, you, mean, if you don't have kids, I guess if you have kids. Would... But you'd have to use it. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're seeing at least, I think you need to probably see at least 20 movies a year for it to be worth it, which I think everyone should go to the movies, Mm -hmm. but time some people never do. Like, I, if I'm not mistaken, Karen and Matt's last movie was The Departed. It was. It was. They do not go to the movie theaters. And Karen actually doesn't like to watch movies at home either. She falls asleep very quickly. The other movie that she loved that I saw in a theater with her that was... Probably the one before The Departed, years before The Departed, was um, the Johnny Cash movie. Walk the Line. Yep. And she loved it. And she cried. And you'd think that'd bring her back. Have Lucy and Charlie been to the movies? You know, I'm sure they have. That's a good question. Because I was just thinking about that. We should take them yeah, to I was the movies say when we, we go visit. We should. Yeah. Avatar. Ooh. Maybe we could see Avatar 2 Avatar 2. I was watching uh, Papa's <laughs> expression when it came on commercial at Thanksgiving. Oh, like, was during, he excited? And he was like this. Just staring. And I was like, are you excited? I don't even think he heard me because he was just staring. And then afterwards he said, oh, oh, got to see that. Well, that's his type of movie. So, sci-fi. Sci-fi. I'm stuff. excited to see what it, how it's, you know, developed since it first came yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, it was supposed to come out. This second one was supposed to come out like three years ago. Really? They just kept pushing it back. Huh. I think he filmed, well, he filmed two, three, and four all together. Oh. Or he's still filming three now. Okay. And this one cost reportedly around $350 million, mm. most expensive, one of the Zoe most expensive Saldana's movies ever. Zoe Saldana's making that Avatar oh, yeah. money, baby. Oh, yeah. Do you hear about, I saw this clip, Matt Damon, he turned down Avatar 1. For and he would have gotten ten percent of the box office. Yes. So he basically turned down. He said that was the dumbest decision yeah. he's ever made. Ten percent of the box office. Two hundred million dollars, right? He there. was doing the born things. 
Damn. Well, he's not. He's fuck. He's okay. Yeah. He's I mean, not. He's doing <laughs> he's fine. Struggling. Everybody, don't worry about Matt Damon. He's. I think he's doing just fine. Yeah. After that, in the crypto commercials. Yeah. He's got. <laughs> I mean, I get it though. He's got four kids. You know, we gotta. <laughs> How is he gonna raise them? I don't Off know. Only fifty million. Not a clue. Not a clue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He'll, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. We're not worried about him. Um, what else was I saying? Oh yeah. I watched an interview with the, so the parents get divorced. Oh yeah. Back to the Fablemans. Um, the mom is just a, his mom is a very free spirit. You can see he got that from her and he got a lot of things from his dad too. Patience, I would say. Mm-hmm. He seems like a patient guy. Um, uh, but his dad, they got back together later in life because he just never stopped loving her. He just let her leave and he didn't tell the kids that. Yeah, wild. Told him it was his idea to protect them. Mm-hmm. Even though, I think even in the documentary, that's love. Spielberg never says like he knew because they were still alive. He was waiting yeah. for them to. I don't know if he meant to wait for them to pass away. Yeah, I but don't. It kind of worked that he way. He just said he never. He just kind of buried it, and that kind of came up here that mm-hmm. he did discover his mom's affair and just kept that in and didn't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. Did he tell his mom later in life? In real life? I think the movie is like how it happened, where he shows her the movie. Okay. I don't think he I don't, made that I don't up. know if he, I don't know if he did that. Oh, you don't think so? Yeah. I don't know if he just kept that too close to his chest, but that's actually what happened. Um, hmm. I'll see. I think that was his perspective. You don't think he showed her... In the I, film, spoiler alert. Yeah, spoilers if you're listening. Oh, whatever. that was such a hard scene. He shows her the film that he discovers. He He's, accidentally filmed them kind of getting cozy. The mom and the and the friend. And the friend. Um, I don't know. And I he was so mad at her and he wouldn't talk to her. And then he shows her this clip of them walking through the woods and holding hands. And it's like, I know what's going on. Um, maybe that was a little bit of creative license. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll figure it out, but, um, unclear, unclear either way. But yeah, the, um, so Jonah had a visceral reaction to this movie. Oh yeah. I was crying the entire film, mm-hmm. the entire film. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably I couldn't tell I would look over and I'm like, okay, your eyes are definitely wet. But then I was dealing with a snorer on my right, this woman who <laughs> fell asleep and was literally snoring. That's and almost like, worse than using your phone. What is she doing? Yeah. Um, but yes, I, I had a feeling it was going to be a West Side Story thing at the end, and it was. Um, oh. With your crying. Oh, I mean, I just, I, know. I just love movies so I much. Know. And I love that you love them I, so much. I probably cry every time I go to the theater at least once. Sure. Just sitting, watching the trailers. Like, gosh, I love <laughs> like just like the when the music goes and the people are into it it's just like the best yeah um especially with an audience yeah yeah like that's what it's all about mm-hmm. um that's why like when people say he makes crowd-pleasing movies yeah they are crowd-pleasing but they're good they're not just cookie cutter i think no they're a little cookie cutter but so is every movie yes everybody pe- people are going to the movies to be entertained to see something maybe they haven't seen or have something touch them in a way that they weren't sure it would um it's people go to a movie theater to sit in the dark and you know obviously get popcorn but to have an experience mm-hmm. 
And that movie is definitely, it's a homey movie, you know, with the holidays coming around. It just kind of, and it's an insight into, you know, how he kind of developed his interest in film and how he communicates with his family and just kind of how he was shaped because those years are so... Yeah, pivotal. pivotal. I mean, I think most filmmakers, if you go back to it, all of their movies are stem from that teenage years when they discovered something and desire to make films. Sure. Because, I mean, if you go through any director's filmography, you'll see the same themes pop up and same little like jokes or inside things that they probably had with their friends or themselves mm-hmm. growing up, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Like the divorce thing, the family thing, like even the Boy Scouts, oh, like that yeah. just felt very Spielberg. Oh yeah, yeah. it was very um, Indiana Jones esque. Yeah, yeah. Like the beginning of what was the beginning of the third one with River Phoenix. Oh, love that one. Yeah, but it's like I'm kind of sitting here thinking, how did he get so many people to help him with this? <laughs> <laughs> because in high school, it took me like every ounce to get four people, and he had. Just 20, 20 guys like ready to go. <laughs> you had a good, yeah. We had a group good group. We had a good doing, group. Uh, we had a good group. But his movies are like had to cost a good bit of money. Maybe I just wasn't willing to put up all the money well, that he was. Also, there weren't phones and like the western and stuff. computers and not a. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, not a lot of TV. It was like you really did make your own. You know, what do you want to do? Like you can't yeah. go. Hey, you want to go to the movies today? Because that wasn't like that. I mean, I guess they did, but... It wasn't a new movie every week in the same way. In the same way. It forced them to be creative if that was what they're interested in. Well, there was a thing, too, that I think it was in the 60s. Is that when it took place? Because there was some law in the 60s, until 1969, where movies couldn't have certain violence or sexual things. I, I know that he graduated from high school to years before Mary Pat. So okay. he was born in 46. I did the math when okay. they did the high school. Dang. Uh, the high school beach movie when he filmed that part for his high school oh, yeah. senior Class night. Class of 71? Class no. of uh, no. No, 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 no. 60 something. Um, but I did the math because Mary Pat would have been 16. So Oh, wild. He's still cranking about at 75. So, yeah, I mean, she would have been 16, you know, at 48 plus 16. It was like class of 64 or something. Yeah, so something maybe, like that. Yeah. Dang. He was 18 and 64. Okay, yeah. I mean, at this at that time, I guess filmmaking was still pretty it was way harder to break into way probably a smaller industry or not smaller industry, but less people making them the barrier to entry was way higher because he had to get a camera like that and learn how to do film now you can just do anything sure yeah and the studios hired actresses and you know they had them under contract the studio did and said okay this is what you're gonna do this is the movie you're gonna do that's what he did too at first for tv i'm pretty sure he did tv directing to start i need to watch the spielberg documentary again because i just do really like him oh yeah he's such a wholesome guy you can tell he just Mm -hmm. And the casting was fabulous. The casting was so good. Even the mean guys at the... Oh, yeah. I mean, like, like, it was, it kind of took my breath away. Them that just, and it was just like, God, people were doing that? But I guess people do that now. Yeah. And And that was close to World War II, so... Ugh. 
But at that time, too, like, that's what I was But I wonder if he really had that girlfriend, the Christian girlfriend, because that was hysterical. She was so funny. I bet it wasn't. She wanted a Jewish boyfriend because he was Jesus because Jesus was a Jew. And and (laughs) it was hysterical. But when they drove up to the dance together, that was such. um, And I I know he didn't do Back to the Future, but it was such like Back to the Future vibes. Well, he I think he produced it. I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, I think he produced it. Um, so it's kind of like there's an homage to that. There's an homage to the Indiana Jones, you uh, know. Yeah, you see a little bit where everything, yeah. everything kind of yeah. came it's, from. Uh, we highly recommend it. It's going to win big pick, Best Picture, I think, possibly. Definitely nominee. Definitely I think nominee. it will, or Everything Everywhere will upset it, mm-hmm. I think. Um, like, that's what I was saying with the cheesiness stuff. The bullies felt so over the top, but it worked. It was like Biff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I wonder if he did. I know Robert Zemeckis. I'm pretty sure he did. Oh, really? I'm like 90% sure. Hmm. Well, they were all, I think they were all buddies back then. Sure. So they would have a hand in each other's. Yeah, I heard a podcast of Quentin Tarantino talking about, um, how Steven Spielberg called him up when, um, you know, it was Oscar time or starting oh, to come yeah. up and, and Pulp Fiction was in the running and, and Forrest Gump, he had just done, or Robert Zemeckis had just done Forrest Gump's. Who did? Forrest yeah. Gump? Robert Zemeckis. And they duck hunting. Yeah. They went duck hunting and he just said, <laughs> you know, it was very scientific about it. Yeah. But I just love that they went duck hunting together. Yeah. Just to like diffuse the competition a little bit. Oh, cause that's not really like what matters. You know, no. they didn't start making movies to make Oscars. Exactly. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day, I don't think. No, you know? not at all. Even though it is, you know, a nice, nice, nice prize, I imagine. It's not the reason you do it. I don't see him in it. I think he's just friends with Robert Zemeckis. Okay, um, maybe I was But wrong. we can look it up later. I'm pretty sure. But, um, but yeah, the, the the touching part for me, I just have to get this in here, was when... The mom was saying to young Stephen that she didn't owe her anything. Yeah. I just felt that with the mom and the son. Because yeah. I'm saying here, you don't owe me anything. But I know that you want to make me proud. And you make me proud every day. I'm just going to say that. Thanks, mom. But you could, that was so good <laughs> you about make Michelle. Me proud. Thank you. Do I? Yeah. Aw. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I loved the relation. I think that was Michelle Williams did such a good job of playing his mom because you really felt those motherly things with the, with the young, young, young Steven and the teenage Steven. And they just did such a great job. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's one of those oh, actresses executive that producer. Okay. Just, and Goonies. Yeah. 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 Sense. Okay. That just gives them her all into everything she does. You can tell mm-hmm, she doesn't mm-hmm. really hold back at all. Just came from a little show called Dawson's Creek and blew up. Oh, yeah. She was one of the main people. It was Michelle Williams, um, Katie Holmes, James Vanderbeek, and Josh Josh Jackson. And Rebecca Dean. And Rebecca Dean. Rebecca Dean. Rebecca Dean. Yep. Yeah. Paul Dano? Thoughts on Paul Dano? uh, Paul Dano. I enjoyed his performance. I think I did too. I did too. He really plays just. I saw in the inter like the interview with Spielberg where he said Paul Dano just 
is very kind of the same thing with Michelle Williams. He kind of just plays it really real and authentic and gives himself to it. He doesn't push or yeah. hold back. He just does it. He just does it authentically. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I like Paul Dano um, because I really like Zoe Kazan too. That's Zoe Kazan. Oh, is that his? She's, um, her her dad is wife or partner. Partner. Her dad is Elia Kazan, who was a. She looks really familiar. Playwright. What is she in? She was in. She was um, in something recently, I think. She's gonna. She's in. She said. Oh, okay. It's coming out. Yeah. That I also want to see about the. Um, yeah, we should Harvey see Weinstein of it all, um, with Carrie Mulligan, who I also love. Oh yeah, Michelle um, Williams. But she she wrote. Oh yeah, she's a writer. I think. Yeah. She wrote Wildfire. What was that movie with Carrie Mulligan and Jake Gyllenhaal? Oh, didn't Jake Gyllenhaal direct that? Wildlife. Wildlife. And Paul Dano directed it. Paul Dano directed it. I think she wrote it. Or he oh, wrote it with her. Um, anyway, I just find them, you know, their movie, st- like, I don't know, you know, to- you have Tom Cruise, like movie star, right? Yeah. Um, ultimate movie star. But then you have like, and they are well, movie stars, but they're just, they fit into what they play so well. Well, there's, um, did you see, um, or I sent you this podcast, I don't know if you listened to it, but it was Matt Smith on Happy, Sad, Confused. Oh, and from, he's like, oh, I love to play this game, movie star or actor, where you say an actor and you're like, are they a movie star? Like Tom sure. Cruise is a movie star. Sure. But there's certain actors who, like Bradley Cooper, is he a movie star or is he an actor? Oh, you know that's I mean? a good question. He's on the line because yeah, he exactly. brings in movie star bucks. But I would but say he's actor. an excellent actor. Yes. Yeah. But would you, you wouldn't so call funny. Tom Cruise an actor? I don't know. No, but he's more a movie, movie star. Movie you know? star. Brad Pitt. Movie star. Yeah. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. Actor. Actor. Yeah. Actor. You can just tell. Like Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Movie star. Movie star. <laughs> True. 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 Sure. Have you seen the John Wick films? I have not. You should. They're should really I? good. Yeah. They're really good. Are they? They're action films, but is I think better than. Is he a real person or is it a superhero? Or no, he's a real a person. Okay. But he's like an assassin in Ooh, retirement. Okay. Dog gets killed, seeks revenge. Mm. Yeah. Sounds like a Liam Neeson kind of thing. A little bit, but it's a lot better than the Taken movies. I uh, think. <laughs> excuse me very much. <laughs> no. Liam Neeson? Liam he's Neeson's great. But I'm just saying the John skills. Wick films he's are so a lot better. yummy. I mean, Keanu's <laughs> yummy too. Yummy. Don't get me wrong. but Oh mm. my goodness. Yeah, I love, love him. And, and my boyfriend Ray Fiennes has a movie out. Yeah, the menu. menu. We need to see that as we well. We are definitely going to see that. That's also in theaters right now. Um, it's on the, Knives Out also. You should see that when it comes out on Netflix. I think it's probably already out on Netflix. Yeah, I probably, I do need to see that. I, I didn't go with you because, you know, it looks fun. But I did fall asleep in the first one. And no offense to like anybody that was in it. Anna Darmus and, and Daniel Craig and Jamie Lee Curtis. Was she in it too? Yeah. I did love her. I think I was just tired from the day. Yeah. Because I couldn't believe I was falling asleep in it, but it's it's really good. And I think that is a movie you want to see in theaters. Oh, it was a lot of fun to see in theaters. Sure. With all the twists and turns and there's all, each character is so like, what's the word? Juicy. Yeah, I would say juicy. Yeah. They all have their own very unique traits. You mm-hmm. know, the actors had a ton of fun doing that. Oh, sure. And Ryan Johnson loves to like, in these movies, at least like in the first one, each character kind of represents a different type of the social sphere. 
whether oh. it be like politically or what's trending now. Yeah. Like ultra conservative, ultra liberal, ultra into this, into that mm-hmm. tech person. Like basically Edward Norton plays an amalgamation of Jeff Bezos, Elon Zuckerberg. Oh, really? Like the tech guy of the world yeah. and invites all his friends to an island. Okay. And that's where it takes place. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I like that better than the house. It's It was definitely not just a murder mystery. Okay. I would say that. It's it's way more than that. Well, then maybe I'll see it again it with you. It wasn't just part two. You know what I mean? I'd see it again just for sure. Just not part two. Yeah. It's not just a second murder mystery, mm-hmm. I would say. Okay. Well, that, that intrigues a me a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. Um. What else have you been watching? I've been watching White Lotus. White Lotus. White Wicked. Lotus. <sighs> Mrs. Ms. Excuse me. Miss. Jennifer Coolidge is. Oh, is she the one that was in the first a season? A gift to us. And she's in the second season as well. Was she in well. the first one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she's just. She's just a pleasure. She's. So hysterical. I find myself watching the people that she has scenes with, looking at them like, how could they not break? Because she's so good. It makes me want to go watch. um, Bloopers? Oh, no. I want to see. No, not American (laughs) Pie. She was in um, Best in Show. Oh, yeah. Which is one of my favorite movies. It's a good movie to watch this time of year. Um, She just kind of has that. She's so funny. I just can't get over it. She seems like in that role, she doesn't overthink it, you know? No. She plays it very... Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. She just gets the beats. She, she gets, gets the character. She gets the beats. And I notice, like, you notice kind of, maybe because I'm, like, reading with you and whatever, whatever, but you just notice um, when she takes a beat or an extra mm-hmm. beat or that's like her choice to take that beat and it just totally works like the slow down and the reaction of it mm-hmm. she's just, she's a <laughs> gift she's so lovely and i just love seeing her just you know on the target commercial i'm like yes jennifer coolidge oh, we're back <laughs> baby we never left but you know make that target money yeah you know? why not why not yeah <laughs> is the second season of that much different from the first because I got through the first episode of the first season but didn't feel compelled to watch the whole show. It's pretty, um, yeah, it's kind the of. The show a, just seems kind of. Is it a commentary without? Because I don't <laughs> feel like any. I don't know what happens in the first season. It's a real dry kind. It's people at a resort and the people that work at the resort and and a mixture of just like the asinine things that people ask for at resorts that are like. Mm-hmm super rich that are so out of touch with society mm-hmm. and they're you know complicated and intricate this one that one was at a, a resort in hawaii and it was very good connie bertone miss connie bertone coach taylor's wife tammy taylor love tammy taylor um sydney sweeney was in it and it just kind of goes through these different families staying at a resort now and it takes a turn and it's pretty wild. Now, this one, I thought I was going to sit down and be able to stream the whole thing, but it's every week. 
So I was like kind of bummed after I watched the first two. But then when I sat down the other night, there's already three there. So I watched oh, one okay. and now I'm ready to like continue the binge. So it's a weekly thing. It's not. It's a weekly a thing. I prefer. You'll be able to binge. You'll be able to binge. Yeah. I don't think there's more. I don't want to say there was more than six episodes of season one. So I, I don't know if there's going to be more than six. There's five episodes out right now of this and I haven't gotten through it all. But Aubrey Plaza's in it. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a, a couple, you know, two couples that are, are together that, that two, two of the guys were college friends. Um, one of them made a lot of money and the other one's kind of a skeezer. There's, and it's in, it's in Naples. It's in Napoli. Okay. Is that which just, Italy? Yes, okay. just, I had, That'll I was looking up, <laughs> what is this? It's the San Domenico Resort. I was looking it up and I'm looking at like booking.com and well, now it's you know, when's be the best time to go to Naples and, um, or no, it's in Sicily, Sicily. Oh, okay. And which is off the coast, you know, on its own Island with, anyway, I'm ready to go back to Italy. I'm ready to go back yeah, to Southern Italy because I just beautiful. Find, find it there. Beautiful place. So wonderful. Yeah. Um, what else are you watching? I was going to say house of the dragon. Hold that thought. Oh. House of the dragon. House of the dragon. Wow, wow, wow. When, when, when I heard it was coming out, I thought, how are they going to do this with Game of Thrones just being like a 10 out of 10? Like, mm-hmm. how are they going to bring that energy? And boy, did they bring that energy. I wasn't sure how I would like the fast pace of the growing up. Oh, I But love I'm that. fine with it. I love that. I'm totally fine with it. I also didn't... Ex- when I realized by episode like eight... But most of the show takes place just in the castle, in the courtroom, not so action-y like the original Game of Thrones, I felt like, was. I don't know, but it gives Spread us, over way It just makes the world realms. feel way bigger, even though it only really takes place inside <laughs> castles most of the time. Right, or outside with the dragon, but it's really in King's Landing or Dragonstone. Yeah. Because it's the story of the Targaryens. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm still... Now, I know that her Aunt Rhaenyra... I know her name's Rhaenyra, but then there's Renace or whatever. Okay, so and the, Tamar and I were talking about and this. And the um, with sea the guy. Yeah, so I think Targaryens are Val- of Valyrian blood, but that guy's last name is like Valeria or something. So it got kind of confusing. Cause yeah, because I'm like Valyrian, old Valeria, old Valeria. And I think that's old Valeria was where the crab people were. The whole crab thing. In like that episode kind of two or three th- confused me. That thread kind of lost me. It kind of, I thought it would ma- matter more. I'm like, oh, it's the crab people. And then he flies in and kills the crab people. And then they come back and I'm like, who are these Must people? Must have been in the book or something. But there is something I read that like he's the crab people is, is related is somehow related to the old scepter guy that like walks Cersei down naked in in king's landing and game of thrones oh the shame scene shame damn oh damn that I was tough. That show. yeah i started watching game of thrones again i'm I in should. season one it's just uh you know they're making a john snow show too mm. and gives kit harrington's idea apparently i don't know how they're gonna do that oh we know the story of john snow but i don't he he's alive by the end of the show maybe it's post game of thrones Ooh. So. Yeah. yeah, because he com- becomes the no Bran does. Oh, Bran does. That's right, Bran. So then they get into the 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 um the three eyed raven a little bit, 
that tree is there. Oh, in, in the sh- in mm-hmm. House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon. Yeah. The tree that with the face on it is there. And that's the old gods and the new gods. That's what I figured out. Okay. Because so, I've been watching Game of Thrones again. And when they say, oh, we're with the old gods and the new gods, the old gods are the tree people. Okay. Tree people. The, the tree with the face on it. Yeah, I gotcha. The, with the leaves and brands there. And so I was really paying attention a lot more to Bran's story, mm-hmm. like earlier story, because he always confused me. Yeah. But he became the three-eyed raven. Anyway, I'm still going through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a three-eyed raven. I mean, there was a raven. At the beginning of the At episode. the beginning of. Yeah, Grant was telling me that. Yeah. He's like, they foreshadow it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing a good bit of reading about the world that I didn't even realize. Like apparently in the Game of Thrones world, seasons last longer. I did not realize that. Like winter is coming. Last winter ended nine years. Yeah. Summer will last maybe five to 10. And Mm -hmm. then, but apparently there was a long winter. Like I didn't realize that. That's, That's when what, they met. That was the premise of the world. <laughs> yeah, they haven't had. <laughs> I guess I never a caught that in the first eight seasons. Well, it was just kind of like winter's coming. Winter, yeah, it's coming. Like it's only going to be here in a couple months, but it was also like years and years until yeah, the so actual winter came. I thought it was a metaphor for like just a cold for the White Walkers, mm. but it really is just genuinely a winter. And that's the other question. There's also some talk in the in the universe about who the white walker is yeah they talk about and was it, it a targaryen oh maybe we might see that i hope we get to see the mad king stuff that we heard so much about in the game of thrones i mean the mad king though was daenerys's dad so, yeah so i mean this show if this show goes 10 seasons we just oh, got through a whole generation that's true maybe we'll get to that's n- true next season we'll get the kids it's and 10 the kids. generations though isn't it i don't know maybe each season will be a generation yeah, because this is leading up to the Dance of the Dragons. I mean, at the end, yeah. first of all... I can't believe they ended it so much like that. <sighs> and they haven't even started shooting second season. They haven't? Get that in the can. Oh, I don't know. You know you're going to make a second them to. season. I don't want to wait that long. That's the problem. Season 2024, probably. That son, not Aegon. Aemond? Which one's the scary one? Aemond. Oh, baby. He's scary. I mean, he looks, his jaw, he's (laughs) he's very William Dafoe, the green goblin in Spider-Man. I get it a little bit. Do you get that? I mean, he's like. Oh, like the mask. Yeah, the mask. Oh, is the mask the pointy chin? Yeah, Dafoe doesn't have He looks like the mask. That's wild. Um, He's good, though. Neither compliment or critique. But I didn't feel like, for me, the kids, when they became the 19-year-olds or whatever, didn't match necessarily. Yeah, the two little the bastards two, were tiny and not feeble. The, the other ones, the white-haired ones, the Targaryens. I don't know. I remember the guy that got his eye taken out. Yeah. I didn't feel like he would grow up to be that guy. No. But you knew something was going on. No, but they did a good job overall. I'd I say. mean, he did tame the dragon. Yeah. Yeah, he, he changed a lot in that day. <laughs> he stole that, their mom's yeah. dragon. Like, that's some yeah. balls. But when he came around and snapped that kid, he knew he, he just up, he yeah. was like the look was like, oh fuck, Damon's going like, to kill me. Oh, I'm so excited me. to see what Damon does. I yeah. want to see Damon rip his other eye out. Ugh. But he's also horrible. But he he's okay but I like him in a way that I like him. Like Ramsey, I didn't. I I was always <laughs> nervous watching Ramsey Ramsey on screen. I'm just like, oh my god, he's so. Ugh. Damon kind of came around when he 
he was okay with Rhaenyra being queen. Okay with Rhaenyra being queen, and he looked like he had a great relationship with. Yeah, the woman. The other Valerian. Yeah, yeah. His well, cousin killed herself. Right. Like, come on now. Well, you know, inbreeding does cause some mental issues as well. I believe. I don't know if it does in the Game of Thrones universe. I Maybe. mean, yeah, Maybe, I think actually. it does. Mad King. <laughs> Yeah. And it does yeah. say from all their years of inbreeding, because I, of course, went and looked at a giant family tree. <laughs> why do they do that? Because they want to oh, keep it pure. Says, they want their their well, hair, which is also blood if you like. I know. But at the same time, like, come on, Rhaenyra and the best. I didn't like how we didn't know that guy at all. You know what I mean? Who? The father of her kids. Linares or whatever. I don't know. Oh, 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 Strong. The House of Strong. I just wish that guy had a little more character Because you were wanting Crispin, and then Crispin turned into a bitch. Yeah, He's a little total bitch, bitch boy. He's like, you don't want to leave um, and not become queen and come live in a, in a bungalow in the woods with me, and we can just have babies and be poor, and you're the queen? And she's like, no. He could have had like, a pretty good deal. He could have basically been I king. am the queen, and you are are my bitch boy. And he did not <laughs> like that. So then what did he do? He just became Allison's bitch boy. Yeah, I know. He, I mean, he didn't step up at all. No, he just made a lateral move. And he became jealous that she had these babies and whatever, because it's like, yeah, he kind of, he started off strong. You could have totally slept with Allison, bro. I mean, I don't know. Allison, her I husband like was pretty loyal, has though. no face. Uh, but Allison, I think she was loyal to him though. She was, oh, she was loyal to him. Yeah. I don't think she would have done that. Well, I don't know. She did she sit on the bench and feet. let that guy jack off to her feet, which was very bizarre. <laughs> that guy was the brother to um, Strong. He was the other Strong. Oh, he was a brother to him? Yeah. He killed him? He killed his dad yeah. and his brother. I they were related. He was creepy, Yeah, too. he played good. That was cool to see because I had seen that guy in a short film on YouTube like 10 years ago. Oh, really? I think it like went to Sundance, but I remember like in high school looking up like short films because I was like yeah. curious about the format. Sure. And I remember seeing him and then I saw him in the show. I was like, oh, that's wild. You the know, guy that played the that. Um, little court jester guy? Yeah. Yeah. The, the jacking off feet guy. The jacking off guy. Jacking off feet guy. Yeah. That's what we call him. Yes. Sorry. It's okay. Don't know his name. Yeah. And... Unfortunately, I have to shower now and go to class. Okay. I'm sorry to cut it short like this. Listen, we are back, baby. We, we messed are up back. initially. Um, we don't need to tell them all of our... I know, but I want it to be an open... It I, is. If, if things are wrong, it's... I want people to know why. I don't want them... This isn't a movie where they have to accept it. You know what I mean? We can but if open you want the back door. to watch Stir Crazy, you have to accept it. You have to accept all of us. We mm -hmm. don't cross-reference... We're giving our opinions. They are just our opinions. And we're back. Oh, we're wait. having. I got a better idea. How about I send you a hobo's dick cheese? Go to town, man. Go to town. In the meantime, and as usual, go fuck yourself. Where's that from? That's uh, Tom Cruise also in Tropic Thunder. Oh, All of these are God. Tropic Thunder. <laughs> Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder. I am talking scorched earth, motherfucker. I will massacre you. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they're making a solo film. They're making a sequel with Tom, just about Tom no. Cruise, Les Grossman. Yep. Les Grossman. Yep. Oh, so great. <laughs> so great. Yeah. 
Anyway, I, I wish he was more. Wa- I wish I could watch Tom Cruise more in interviews and oh, like. I love him. He's so passionate. The, he is, but like, I want him to like. I don't know. Joke around a little bit. He jokes around. Mm. I'll send you some. I'll send you some where he jokes around. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Love to see it. Um, like my mom was saying, accept us for who we are. Positive experiences. Because we're accepting TV. you. Yep. Peace and love. Sweaty balls. Yep. And we're out.